Alan McNish, a great surprise to hear of your retirement from sports car racing. Can you tell us what's behind this sudden announcement? Aye, well, it's no great mystery. I just got another job. Another job? Can you tell us where in motorsport this job is? Is a return to F1 on the cards? Uh, no, not exactly. It's, it's actually not a job in motorsports at all. It's not a job in motorsports. Um, what else would a dashing Scotsman do for a living? I'm afraid I really can't say at the moment. Sorry, it's time to go. Hello. To my right, Richard Porter. Hello. To my left, the croaky voice with a cold of Zog. Hello. And I'm Gareth. This is the Gareth Jones on Speed Seasonal Special. We refuse to call it a Christmas show, don't we? Even though it is. It's a festival show. <laughs> if we say <laughs> this every year, Shortly we will have the, the unadorned aluminium pole and then the airing the of the of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> airing of grievances. The airing of grievances, yes. This is, of course, the On Speed Works Do, as well as being a recording of the programme. I'm hoping to snog the company secretary later on. Fine, have you finished writing those accounts, darling? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's the worst. You're going to get lucky tonight. I'm snogging the secretary. I think you're in there. Yeah. I just need the keys to the photocopier room where I will (laughs) make several copies of my own. Keep those trousers up. So as we approach the homunculus, that is Christmas, with its jingling bells, let's just consider for a moment what's been going on in F1 recently. And of all the snippets of news to emerge, the perhaps most bonkers one is the double points for the final round of the 2014 Season. Okay, you have four words to respond to this. Zog, four words. I used up my first word with that deep sigh that okay. uh, <laughs> I, I, I let go as you were describing it. So I've got three left. Okay. Oh, f- <laughs> Unusually sweary response from well, the dog, yeah, really? Yeah. Straight into the point. No, it, yeah. it's stupid. It is stupid. I can't see the benefit. I can only see a downside. Yeah, that's it. I don't see that it would have improved any year of racing that we've had, particularly given the way the points run at the moment. It means that somebody who is 49 points behind going into the last race, and if you're 49 points behind, you know, you really haven't done as good a job that season as the guy you're 49 points behind. And giving double points for that last race means that somebody who, frankly, doesn't deserve the championship is going to find it much easier to snatch at the last minute because the guy that should have won it had a retirement because somebody ran into them, because they had a mechanical problem. I think it's stupid. Over to you. So I've got four words. Yeah. Sorry, that wasn't four. My four words would be, don't see... What the fuss is about? <laughs> uh, I see you've I, created compound words. I have, I'm yeah. afraid, yeah. Okay. I'm being all German about it. You make some very good points, actually, Zog, and fair enough. But 
Actually, you're right. It would have affected the outcome of previous seasons because I've seen someone doing the maths on this. Yep. And for example, the year that Massa and Hamilton were fighting for it, I think Massa yeah, would have taken it. Yeah. 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 David Coulthard would have been world champion in 1941, but I'm not sure I trust the person <laughs> who did that calculation. Someone worked out if Sir Sterling Moss, the, oh, yeah, he'd have won the best world champion who was never a world champion, would have been a world champion. Maybe he would. He would. But then we yeah. wouldn't have been able to endlessly say uh-huh. the best world champion who was never a world champion. Yeah. Which I think he secretly enjoys. So. <laughs> yes, it's contrived and it's a bit weak and it's not going to solve anything really, but I don't see that it's worth getting bent out of shape for. It doesn't bother me. It could make things a bit interesting. You're right. Yes, maybe if someone is 50 points ahead, well, they've done a better job, but at the same time, they could have just had better luck. And if their luck's that good, it'll see them through that final race as well. If their luck is not with them, someone else will take it. Yabu sucks. Better luck next time. Mm, I. I have a bit of a problem with it because it just reminds me of Jusson Frontier in the <laughs> 1970s when at some yeah. event during the competition that you took part in this inter-town wearing a silly bear costume whilst carrying water, you could play the Joker. Yep. You'd display mm. your Joker card and instantly get double points for that particular game. And this smacks... Of the same sort of thinking to me, a bit sort of bolted on for extra entertainment. You know? But hang on a minute, a Joker system in Formula One That's for one to. race. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but yes. you have to nominate at the start at the weekend. This is okay, the weekend yeah, yeah. where we yeah. score double points. Yes. Now, that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. You arrive yeah. on the Wednesday yeah. or whatever yeah. before you've even sent the car out on the track. You have to say you're playing a joker. Yeah. That adds a bit of interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would prefer that idea to double points for the last race of the season, seriously. Yeah. I don't like it all that much, mm-hmm. but I like it more than yeah. double points <laughs> for the last Let's really develop this game show theme, if though. What about have... stealing points? You can nominate someone's points and steal them or something. Ah, I, was just yeah. I don't know how that would work, but... You'd have to underperform to stop them scoring your points, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. So, Caterham and Virgin would do... Sorry, piracy. Russia point would do piracy. Well. Everyone gets to put a Jolly Roger above their pit garage one weekend, yeah. and they're going to steal someone's points I think that and you was have to nominate which team's points you're going to take that be, was so we'd, we'd be turning F1 into a kind of you know combination of chess and motor race it always was with always some kind it. of Saturday night game show thrown in for good measure and Stuart Hall <laughs> laughing like a drain on the side laughing like a drain in prison F1's going to have to pick up some ideas from other places soon because, I mean, it has in the past. We've effectively got the push to pass, if you think about it, with DRS at the moment. It allows overtaking in the same sort of way. And that was something that IndyCar or Champ Car perhaps had first. What else could you do? Well, you know, Formula E, they're talking about doing something whereby you can vote for someone for an extra point for the best performance of the weekend. Or they, Is you know, it, I thought you could vote for them to have extra power or something. Uh, yeah, they get an extra boost or something it, like yeah. that. Yeah, So they've got some creative <laughs> ideas. And never know, give the public a voice. You should never. You end up with the X Factor, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, never I, give the public a voice. I know, it's no, this is yeah, why you're not a politician. Or maybe it's why you should be a politician. Who knows? <laughs> I th- you know, things like F1 Sport, they don't really work if you just let everybody decide on the rules. You've got to have no, no. somebody's got the right idea, comes up with the rules, and everybody else plays by those rules, and you don't go changing them by popular demand. No. Can we just touch on another of the form? the one rule changes that they're bringing in which is that every driver picks a number and that is oh, their number yeah, yeah. for their whole Formula 1 career yeah, yeah, now yeah. I don't personally have any particular objection to this the numbers are so small on the cars these days
these days anyway that it does I mean do, can you, you name only... what number anyone is at the moment no. except the world champion mm, not really. no yeah. not since the days of Nigel Mansell's Red Five yeah. have there been any memorable numbers yeah. so it's Lacey's fine 27 ah yes Lacey's 27 in the Ferrari yeah. 27 Vill- and 28 Vill- weren't they Villeneuve's number Vill- 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 28 fine let them do that that's okay but I would actually prefer that they made the drivers pick a helmet design for their F1 uh, careers and, and stuck uh, with it yes, and it's okay. got to be simple and not stupid yeah. and not anything like anyone else's because you had all those things like yeah, Hamilton yeah, and Rosberg yeah, with yeah. basically the same crash yeah, helmet from a, a distance yeah. Yeah. everyone's got to choose from a palette of colours and then you can have a series of different designs but everyone's got to be distinctive and somebody is allowed to ring Tiffany Dell and say can I have the bright orange helmet that you made your trademark during a racing career, because it's easy to spot from a distance. Yep. Because it's a nightmare sometimes trying yeah. to work out who's in a car. Even the commentators get it wrong. And on the subject of other changes next year, the new rule about limiting testing, I think, is quite interesting. You know, where they've got the limit on the combined amount of CFD and actual wind tunnel testing you can do. If you've got a certain number of units of testing. Mm. OK, they're trying to reduce costs. That's a good thing. But I just think that's only going to limit innovation even more, and we don't really want to do too much to make people more conservative. It's a balancing game at the moment. There are those who would argue either you limit what F1 does with its money or we run the risk of really losing F1. There are only, what, three or four teams who are financially stable in F1 at the moment. All the others are in real jeopardy. Which is interesting, it's a time when they advertise that they're going to open up a, another spot on the F1 grid for next year. You know, well, now, it's not next year, is it? It's 2015, I think. Sorry, 2015. Yeah. I'm a week ahead of you then. Well, you are very futuristic. But who is it? Why are they doing this? Why? They're not just doing this randomly in no. the hope that somebody or Tesco will go, oh, F1, we fancy mm. that. It's not that. Yeah. Somebody has come to them, I suspect, behind closed doors and said, just theoretically, mm. if we were to... Suppose we wanted to... Do that. Now, maybe it is Tesco. Who knows? I think the trouble with Formula One is the more successful you are, the more sponsors you get. The more sponsors you get, the more money you have, the more money you have, the more successful you become. So someone, it's like musical chairs, has to be the least successful team in Formula One and the one least likely to draw sponsors. And immediately you are branded Caterham or Marussia, you are going to fall foul of that culture. So you need to bring another team in at least below you, and they will be below you if they're a new team joining, to protect those. It's simply a buffer. There's always a buffer team. Minardi were the most successful buffer in F1 for 20 years or something. They kept going, you know. And I don't understand well, what you okay, mean. Hang on, How does sure an even the, worse team prevent Marussia or Caterham It makes them look down. better so they get sponsorship. Oh, I see. Okay, but supposing the new team that comes in isn't a new creation, it's not mm-hmm. a new brand coming in to F1 because, you know, a rich Chinese businessman or company or some oligarch decides that they want to get into F1 Mm. for whatever reason. Supposing it's a car company, supposing Mm -hmm. it's somebody that we already know from another branch of motorsport or from the history of the sport that's coming back into it, they're not going to come in below Caterham Russia. They're going to be at least midfield. Mm. this This is why I think they've opened up the slot. It's for someone with big money who we've heard of, yeah. who wants in. 
So Audi it's not so. rich Chinese businessman racing limited no, who no. are going to buy the old HRT chassis or those Mastercard Lolas that were for sale on eBay the other week. I think they're opening up for somebody who's got big bucks and is going to do it properly or at least try to. But the question is, who? The only name that really sort of would come to the frame is maybe Toyota because Honda are coming back in. Yep. Um, mm. That's mm. a good reason for Toyota coming back in in order to mm. go head to head with Conversely, the, the reason for Toyota not to come back in is that they were pretty bloody awful last time. But then they did yeah. have Ralph Schumacher, so. Nissan have got it covered because they're Infinity and their yeah. Red Bull team is increasingly yeah. becoming Red Bull Infinity. Yeah. And you're right, Honda coming back in. Who else would it be? Uh, Volkswagen have often been rumoured, but I think they're sort of focusing on rallying, aren't they? And so, well, the no, VAG I, group are busy with Le Mans in so many ways, yeah, aren't they? Exactly. Um, yeah, so it wouldn't be Audi or Porsche because they're there. Yeah, Fiat in with Ferrari, yeah. kind of Maserati, yeah. Hyundai, Kia. Imagine that. Dongfeng. Well, mm, right, imagine that. Huai uh, or yeah. or someone. But the Koreans would be, I think, interesting. But Hyundai putting all their eggs into rallying at the moment. They just announced they that are. i20 rally car and their new. Yeah. N sports brand, they're sort of RS or M, yeah. but it's N, which is odd. Uh, <laughs> I think given the name normal. of that car. Yeah, it's just, it's just, mm, mm. but I don't know. They, they don't have the right range of cars yet for F1 to be. No, it just wouldn't please, ring true, would it? Please let it be Eddie Jordan coming back. Why Did I say anything out loud just then? Why would you want that? Oh, come on, the entertainment. Up and down, in yeah, and out. I, well, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, but I don't know. I'm quite used to him being on telly now and yeah, haranguing yeah. other team owners and grabbing them by the shirt. He's been very good. Making them he? on TV. Yeah, he's that great. That's what he's best he is. at. I, I know people, a lot of people complain about him, but I actually think you'd, you'd miss him if he wasn't there on, on telly. There's certainly some stuff that I think, you know, he doesn't always do so well presenter wise and there is that odd thing with him and David Coulton their on screen chemistry doesn't always quite work but he's terrific at getting in there he's able to ask some really quite direct questions mm. to people either because of his access or because he's got a bit of inside knowledge there yeah. I that, thought you were going to say either because of his accent yeah, I thought you were <laughs> just like people powerless to resist an Irishman where did you hide the keys there are no keys where did you hide the keys yeah. they're in the box <laughs> what classic interrogation technique uh, <laughs> so can we just round out who we're saying goodbye to in F1 for the end of this year before we go now right we welcome Kevin Magnusson we welcome him mm. we say farewell to Mark uh, Webber Mark Webber's gone uh, Paul De Resta doesn't look like he's. We don't know be. where he's going. Yeah. He's, he's out America. of India because shame, really. they have a full pipeline. Is he too miserable and even more Scottish than Alan McNish to replace Alan McNish at Audi? I wonder. His relationship was with Mercedes historically. I wonder if Audi would have him. I... DTM again. Yeah, could go so back there the, if he wanted to. That's a better reckon. I mean, Alan McNish's shoes. Well, that's a big pair of shoes to fill. Um, oh no, no, well, not no, really. No, he's no, only a wee fella. Yeah, it's about six and a half. I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, I've stood next to him. Santa, you look a bit glum. Oh, David. I'm Simon, sir. Sorry, all you elves look the same to me. Racist. The reason I'm glum, Simon, is that it's the week before Christmas and I just can't summon up my trademark laugh. Well, my dog's got no nose. How does he smell? Terrible. <sighs> I've heard that one before. Oh, well, then I'm going to try this one. Man walks into a pet shop, says, I'd like to buy a wasp. Pet shop owner says, we don't sell wasps. Man says, but you've got two in the window. Huh? <coughs> no, not 
of liquor. Oh. Thank you for trying, Simon, but it's just no good. No, 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 hang on. I've I got another one. You know the, the Williams F1 team? Yes. Well, they say they want to get back to their championship winning ways. I'm sure they do. That sounds very logical. So they've hired Philippa Massa. They've what? No! Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, everybody! But he's crap! Snap Mitchell! We've got a Jones on speed! Depending on when you're listening to this programme, either Christmas is fast approaching or it's a distant or recent memory. And we thought we'd exercise our memory regarding the sort of car presence that we got or desired when we were little. Because we're getting some of the things that we wanted, you probably wanted as well. I'll get the ball rolling by talking about the very broad and often disappointing Christmas gift that is Scalextric. Do you have Scalextric of your own socks? Yeah, child? and of course I was a fan. Do you and, remember what set you had, what cars you had? Really? Well, various cars over the years and had various track layouts and various levels of difficulty with fitting some of those different bits of track together because the little metal bits at the end got a little bit twisted. Yeah. But, no, the, but, but far one. away, the best of those scale electric cars, the favourite one I had was a hand-me-down. It wasn't a new one. Cause what, it was from a, the 50s or something? Well, I, I can't remember. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know quite how old it was because it wasn't actually a scale electric brand car, I think, but it was a 60s Lotus F1 car with steering front wheels. Um, And so as the body of the car moved relative to the orientation of the tongue that sticks in the groove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a little plastic blade sticking in the groove in the track. Yeah. And usually that just moves around. Relative it, it, to it, the bodywork, It yep. pivots, but usually the four wheels of your scale electric car are fixed. Now, on this car, the front wheels would steer in parallel with the orientation of the little plastic yep. blade that was sticking... Through. Was it the it entire was axle that was pivoting, or were the no, wheels no, it wasn't pivoting the axle. like they, a They were actually car. pivoting like a real car. Wow. On the that end was of the fantastic. axle. Yeah. That was fabulous. I had Scalextric U-Steer in the 70s, so I'd have been about 12 years old, 73 or thereabouts, and that was Scalextric with a steering wheel on the throttle. It was like a pistol grip throttle, mm. and you either had full left or full right, and what you had was an arm underneath the car that was hinged right at the back end of the car, and that guide, that tongue that sits in the groove of the two metal braids, was at the front, so it would move position, it swing left and right. So rather than steer, what it did, it parallel tracked the car to one side or the other side of the central track. So so you could get past people and overtaking and avoid chicanes and things like that. Almost mm. impossible to get right. And Fair. I think it's been written out of scale extric history. It was a proper disappointment. But the cars were cool. They were like IMSA cars. IMSA, you know, mm-hmm. or, or Can-Am cars. Yeah, yeah. Did you have scale extric? I you... didn't. Radical. No, because I had... Hornby Model Railways. Yeah, I had Barbie. (laughs) Cindy. Hornby Model Railways. Had Hornby Model Railways, which at the time seemed fine. It's only in retrospect. It isn't intended to be a pun, but I suspect I was slightly railroaded into this by my dad, who's more interested in trains than I am, because I'm not really interested in trains at all. At the time, it seemed to be a problem, and I quite enjoyed my Hornby set. Was it an HS125? It wasn't. There was a great deal of lobbying went on in our house, and a lot of controversy, and eventually we built a model of the HS2 right through the middle (laughs) of the house. 
Is this project still going on? Is it, it still costing it, you? It is. Yeah, it, it cost my parents over fifty billion pounds. Um, so. Yeah, I had one And then my little brother got, not scale electric, but That's like Chris one Petrol. of those, yes, knockoff, smaller scale. Tricks. Uh, oh, but some of those like smaller scale ones were, it was were pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, I, I remember it being really good. Yeah. In fact, weren't oddly enough, I found scale? the track. Weren't they actually the same scale as... Um, uh, no, this one was a little bit smaller, I think. But I found the track, but not the cars for it, just mm. recently in my dad's house, which we're clearing out at the moment because he's selling it. And sadly, the cars have long gone. I don't know where. Aurora. Mm. Yes, FX. Aurora. Oh, it yeah. was Aurora. That's uh, right. Yeah. Well remembered. We had lights on them. Yes, it did. Yeah, that's what oh, made them bloody special. great. And it yeah. had some kind of lap timer thing, which I think Scale car. Electrics have this. Or did the Scale Electrics lap monitor, lap counter, mm. they go in the track but, in some way? Because yes. I think the Aurora one was quite crude. It just had these strips that hung down over the track. You drove through them. And you drove through them and it went... I did pay Scale Electric, but a school friend of mine, when I was sort of in primary junior school, called James Hampson, had Scale Electric. They had a loft conversion in the very loosest sense of the word. There was one of those drop-down ladders, and then his dad had sort of put boards down, so More there was a floor. Yeah, and then laid out a Scale Electric round the sort of perimeter of this room. But that's the thing, that was all that was in the room somehow. Most people's lofts are full of old carpet offcuts and paint and things, but this had this sort of central bit... That was just floor with a scale electric track running around it. But the trickiest bend was right by the loft hatch. And if you got it wrong, the car flew off the track and went <laughs> down through the loft hatch. <laughs> and we lost a lot of cars that way. Okay. Do you remember any of the car presses? I start the ball rolling. I remember really wanting a Corgi model of a Trideck car transporter. Ah. This was the late 60s, this was, where they were all two-deck dinky car transporters. Corgi made one, that was a tri-deck. I really, really wanted that. I didn't actually get it. It was a disappointment. I turned up on the day and it was... It wasn't the tri-deck transporter. It was just a two-deck transporter. But due to a... I won't tell you the whole story, but a rather complicated mess-up, my dad had accidentally bought a rally chopper. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't usually be too much of a tragedy, you know. Yes, it offset any disappointments I'd had. Too long a story to explain how you're done. This is as good as the man that I bought my Jaguar XJR from, uh, who went out to buy a fitted kitchen and came home with a supercharged Jaguar. <laughs> I'd like to see him explain that yeah. to some other significant person. Well, well. Amazingly, his wife didn't leave him, and when I bought that car from him and drove away in it the day I went to pick <laughs> it up, I thought his wife was going to cry. She was gutted. Oh. And yet their kitchen, I noticed, was quite crappy, so, so they still hadn't had it updated because yeah. of the bloody jag. Anyway, yes. Oh, actually, just reminded me of someone else I knew whose dad went out to buy their mum a Mini in the 70s and accidentally Never came, came home with a Jaguar XJ6. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, good choice, that. Well, when I went to Japan, I went out to buy a Mitsubishi she FTO yes. and accidentally bought a Sora and a Cappuccino and brought them home from Japan with well, I think you were up on the deal, the right? time got back, deal course, yeah. Dinky toys I mean I wanted all of the UFO stuff That was the one That was the one I love the, the Shadow Mobile Christmas deal. the Shadow Mobile came oh, out which was maybe 71, 72 you know, Really? I was born yeah. in 75. Oh. I, I, this is all before my time. Young Padwan, you'll never understand. <laughs> <laughs> the Shadow Mobile. Well, I think Dave Meddings may have been involved with the design. I still 
desire, lust after seeing a real one of those. Isn't it because Shadow Mobile, not mobile? No, Shadow Mobile. Like, like mobile. The, no, it's like mobile. The, Shadow Mobile. Like the place in Alabama? No, no, no. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the, Don't get bogged down in that one. It's, I went to a Thanksgiving dinner when it was Thanksgiving the other week and then got into an argument with all of the Americans there, including my own wife, <laughs> about why it's not herbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herbs. herbs. And okay. if you're going to be so, they were, oh, it's French, it's French. And I'm like, yes, well, if that's the case, then you should be calling it New Orleans. Or uh, even Nouveau uh, Orleans. Uh, uh, and Louis. And then it all right got there, a bit ugly. You obviously won the argument. Le Although Le I didn't. I didn't because I was at someone's Le Shadow Mobile. And you were outnumbered. So. Yeah. Le Shadow Mobile. Yeah. Can you name all the Captain Scarlet Spectrum cars? No, we used to play Captain Scarlet in the playground, well, and obviously the first thing to do was to argue about who got to be Captain Scarlet. That's a good argument. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's cost me 800 quid, you doing that, Riff. Does yeah. it really? Yeah, well, it oh, that's really. not enough. Bum, 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 Thank you, that's good. Yeah, I'll rub the other one out. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it was the SPV, the Spectrum Pursuit Vehicle. That was the one which had the cannon at the front, the rear-facing driver's seat, which came out from the side, and this was the innovation, the two tracks at the back, which would roll down when you needed extra traction I like that there was the MSV the maximum security vehicle the white one which was like an armoured car and then the uh, what was the red Captain Scarlet's car called the Spectrum something car the Spectrum car ooh I'm going to get letters and I know who from about that one I think that was it that was it apart Captain from Scarlet. Yeah. Ger- Jerry Anson had that whole marketing thing down he, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Captain Scarlet what I liked about Captain Scarlet as well which I do remember watching as a kid was that by then he'd got the puppets into proportion they didn't the have the massive before. heads anymore because yeah. he'd, he'd shrunk the mechanism to make the mouths and eyes work. what they did they moved the solenoid instead of being in the head they moved it down into the chest oh, is that right? more room that uh, allowed them to make smaller heads or so they were actually yeah. but so then unfortunately more realistic Cary Grant based hero no, yes. very good yeah, well nice. they did but then unfortunately once he was all in proportion and looked like a real person Captain Scarlet unfortunately just looked like a heroic version of Alan Hansen <laughs> football pundit so <laughs> true but quite absolutely worked. un yeah Believable. Yeah. That it's was a <coughs> disgrace. Yeah. This just remind me of something. Rally Chopper. I think you can age someone, you can tell how old they are roughly mm. by saying to them, What rally bike did you have when oh, you were yeah, younger? Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. think it goes Chopper, yeah. but grifter. then Grifter. Well, yeah. Boxer. I had a boxer, oh, boxer, which was your baby Grifter, and then yeah. a Grifter. Oh, yeah. But that dates me to being born in the middle 70s, getting one of those in the early 80s. After that, Rally Burner, the BMX. The burner. You've forgotten the Chipper, which was the baby Chopper. Oh, I thought it was a Bungie. Oh, and yeah. a Tomahawk, which was oh, yes. a smaller one yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. You're absolutely right. Bicycles you... we have loved. Yeah, I had a Chopper. Do you want the story about how I ended up getting a Chopper? Got Go a minute? On. Go on. I'll do it as quickly. It's a story about pride. My dad had a TV and radio shop in town. There was a rival TV and radio shop. My dad was Ken Jones Television. The rival shop was Jim Williams. Jim Williams, apart from selling televisions, also sold bikes. So I would never dream of going into Jim Williams' shop, dad's rival, apart from getting bike stuff. One day I was in there getting my bike repaired with my mother, and I said, Mr. Williams, I saw those new rally choppers on Blue Peter. The other week, are you getting any in for Christmas? Just being cheeky and funny. And he said, yes, Gareth, I'll put your name on the list for one. And we went out to the shop, and then my parents bought my Christmas presents, and so the stories told me on Christmas Eve at five o'clock, the door opens in Ken Jones, Dad's TV and radio shop, and in walks Jim Williams, Dad's bitter rival. They would never go in each other's shop with a bright yellow rally (laughs) chopper, Mark 1. 
Ken, here's the rally chopper your son ordered. That's £34, <laughs> I think it was, which is a lot of money in those days. cheeky move. And Dad, being proud, of course, wouldn't dream of saying, no, my son never ordered that or I'll kill him. So, yes, of course, Jim, uh, gets the 32 quid out of the till and I had the best Christmas ever. Thank you very much indeed. It's a true story. <laughs> That's how it happened. Oh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to imagine, though, as, as he walked out of the shop, that your dad just went, damn you, Williams! <laughs> yes, <laughs> And the rivalry was never deeper. Your dad opened up some kind of random saucepan shop to go along the tellies and then just kept on taking pressure cookers down to Ken what was it called? Jim Williams. Jim Williams going, Morning Williams, here's the pressure cooker your wife ordered. Hundred pounds, please. I, I Skillets! Twenty of them she asked for, there they are. Eight hundred pounds apiece, <laughs> Jim Jones. Dad used to sneak out at four o'clock in the morning, walk down the high street, and slowly walk with his hat and his coat on past Jim's shop. Oh, Sony transistors, thirty-two pounds. Right, I'll sell them for thirty-one. <laughs> did rivalry. Anyway, stories from Christmas. Well, past. People going, oh. So you've put your Sony's up to £50, Mr Jones. What's going on there? <laughs> Got to pay for the chopper. Williams! <laughs> <laughs> you can have a lie down now and we'll come back for the next bit. The final bit of the seasonal special. We've got a chisel speed. It's late December, and snow is falling all around. Mary Magnuson and her husband, Yansif, are looking for a seat for the coming year. But I thought Audi liked Danes. We do, but we already have one. Now go away. There's no room at the team. Oh, Mary, I fear our precious child will be without the seat. But then, lo... In the holy town of Woking did Mary and Yansif spy a humble factory facility. Oh, Jan, perhaps we can rest a while here. For sure, Mary. I'm sorry it is not much. Just a 20,000 square meter glass and steel structure with an artificial lake to provide an ecological method of heat extraction. But I hope it will provide us with shelter. Um, hello. Oh! I'm Martin. Oh, sorry, I thought you were a skeleton. Uh, no, I'm a team principal. Oh, kind sir, is this your factory? Uh, yes, kind of. Can I help you? Sure, we are weary and we are looking for a seat for our child. Oh, yeah? Oh, quick looking little fellow, isn't he? What's his name? Jesus. Was the name that we were going to go for, but then we settled on Kevin. Oh, kind and skeletal man, can you provide a sheet for our beloved Kevin? Um, ah, not really. There's someone in it. I tell you what, hang on a sec. Oi, Sergio! Sorry about that. Right, yes, I can provide a seat for your son. Oh, it is a Christmas miracle! Verily, Mary and Yansef were filled with manifest joy. And then did God appear before them. Oh, 
What are you people doing here, making my factory look slightly untidy? Our father, Ron, in heaven. Dennis be thy name. It's not heaven, it's just an upstairs office. Where did all this straw come from? I'm experiencing a quantity of dissatisfaction regarding this organic matter situation. <coughs> Is this your donkey? We'll need to redesign that. Doesn't conform to a number of parameters, re-efficiency and performance attributes required for satisfactory ownership experience. And so Kevin was the chosen one, and verily he was in the prayers of the people. Um, hello, God, uh, hi, it's Jensen. Uh, I don't usually pray, but please don't let Magnuson be faster than me. The end. Merry Christmas. Oh, God. Gareth Jones on I ought to check that we are all within reach of a glass at this point. Have you got a glass? Can we each walk away from the... Yeah. We're limited by headphone cable length. We don't extend to wireless headphones in this house. So, Richard, you had to reach like someone in a... We're not tracking impossible we? no, yeah, challenge. Just diffusing something. A small toast to the year that was and the year that will be. Um, Nadolly Cowan, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus. Happy Hanukkah, Richard. You were brought up in the Jewish faith, weren't you? I wasn't, but yeah. I tried to convince my wife that the dog was Jewish the other day. <laughs> but it's because we were in a pet shop and she was going, should we buy the dog a Christmas present? And I was like, no, the dog's Jewish. <laughs> So you have to buy, like, kosher dog food? Yes, we do. It's, it's, it's complicated. I don't know where this is going. Yes, well, I did genuinely try and tell my wife that the dog was Jewish. Because dogs don't have Christmas. They don't have anything. They don't have Hanukkah. They don't have Eid. Nothing. They don't have Ramadan. They lead simple, uncluttered yes. lives. Although I do believe that if they did celebrate anything, it would be festivus because shows of strength, airing of grievances, two things that dogs enjoy very much. And aluminium poles. And aluminium poles, <laughs> yes. It's Just ma- it's making uh, a lot we of against sense, it yeah. and there then cheer it. And we're back where we're started at Festivus, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to say that the future year looks great, but there are a couple of interesting telltale signs in the motor industry that there is change ahead. The first one, and I'm trying to stifle a hooray here, is that General Motors has decided to pull the Chevy brand out of, is it the UK or all of Europe? Europe. All of Europe. All, all of, Europe. of Europe. Well, okay, if you're keen on this, I'm not so keen on this. Oh, interesting. Well, well, it's for the reason, because they're pulling out because they don't see much of a future for selling cars in Europe, and that's not entirely because they're really uh, crap at it. Isn't, yeah, isn't no, true? they do. They, well, they, what the, they realised is, certainly in the UK, they paired... Vauxhall and Chevrolet, naturally, they're both GM companies, so same showroom, just split down the middle. But people would wander in looking for the super cheap Chevrolet that they'd seen an advert for in the paper, and then they would spot a poster that said Astra's £2,000 off, and they'd think, well, hang on a minute, I like the look of that car more than that rather miserable-looking Chevy. Because mm-hmm. they're not blind. And so people would buy Vauxhalls instead. Good for Vauxhall. Mm-hmm but not so good for Chevy, who were just essentially like some kind of tawdry lost leader that drew people into Vauxhall showrooms. That's not really any way to run a company, is it? I have no love of the Vauxhall brand. You know, there are lots of really good GM Europe cars, 
that I would buy if they didn't have a Vauxhall badge on the front. I find it really Well, now, there's an interesting question. Which one? The Zafira GSI, as was. I nearly, nearly bought one of those, and the only condition I was going to buy it under would have been if I'd bought the debadge version and had all the IMSHA bits put on, which replaced the Vauxhall badge. Did you ever drive one? Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? Talk steering. Yeah, there was a bit of that. So, Chevy are leaving Europe. I would campaign long and hard for Opel being the European brand and then push it up market in the way that Audi do and then create a sub-brand if you have to. Bye-bye, Chevy. You were great day cars, but you weren't Chevy. Well, that's the thing. They had no They look pained at that. They've got no great love for Chevy. It's just what it sort of says, I think, about... But Chevrolet, real Chevrolet, Europe, carries so. on. Yeah. These were just, this was just a well, glorified pan-European badge engineering exercise. And they could have tried harder. They, they really could have, could have tried Have harder. you seen the real Chevrolet range in the US now? It's mm-hmm. actually sort of quite nice-looking cars. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another bit of news, since we just seek seamlessly into that, as well as the new GM CEO, Mary Barras, who is taking over next year, I believe. What's she embarrassed uh, about? It's, yeah. uh, but her mantra, which she said, the guiding an principle for GM... An Opel Sorry, mantra. Sorry, I'm full of the puns here now. <laughs> She said that the main thing that should guide GM for the future, no more crappy cars. <laughs> really? That was her, okay, that's that's her that exact was words. I, like I just thought, she, well, this is good. She didn't used to be, what's her name, girlfriend? Juliette Gillard, the Australian... Julia Gillard. Julia Gillard, the Australian Prime Minister, oh, yeah. born in Cardiff. She was kind of a matter-of-fact talking sort of woman. She says, what's yeah, her name? name? Barras? Mary Barras, yeah. Mary Barras. And uh, she is... Uh, no, she's American. She's, oh, I think, Midwestern, born and bred in Detroit, and GM careerist. But, yeah, I'd say that she says things like that. The cloth that she's cut from may be similar to that which made Maximum Bob Lutz the outspoken nut job who used to run job, GM. Yeah, yeah. He ran everything, but at some point yeah. he ran everything. Uh, he's also companies. been quoted last week, I think he was on some US radio station, essentially saying that he quite fancied the new CEO of GM. Oh. But, yeah. oh, was, that, was that what he meant? Yeah, no, he didn't. He, did the okay, he basically yeah. said, he just was describing her, she's got a good athletic build and a pretty face. <laughs> it's like, all right, Bob, oh, so calm easy. down. Yeah, so he thought you. he was describing a car. He thought he was describing a Car. Very athletic, tense, pretty face. Oh, I was talking about the new mantra. Yeah. Anyway, Man- <laughs> the old yeah. Mantra. So, yeah, Kill Chevy in Europe, fight. it's badge engineering exercise. They seem yeah. to be making some quite good cars in the US, and if the new boss has a guiding principle of not being crap, then mm-hmm. they're probably all right. Yeah. Talking about brands vanishing from regions, Holden isn't vanishing as a brand from Australia, but manufacturing is leaving Australia completely, isn't it? That's a bit of a shock. Yeah. Well, yes, the more troubling, I suppose, for Australians and sentimental Australians is that there's some suggestion that Holden itself may just wither and die because... They won't buy it if it's not an Australian well, car. That's also been part of the appeal, hasn't it? But it's amazing they've, they've yeah. existed for that long. Well, they, I know they've done a good job. But a great deal of government subsidy has gone into that because the truth is the Australian car market is tiny. I mean, there's yeah. not that many yeah. people in Australia once you factor out all the ones who live in the 28 people so, and 20 yeah. of them are in so, neighbours. Yeah. yeah, and the other two who don't drive. So yeah, that's you, right. That's yeah. the thing. How many cars could they possibly sell and yet Australia has sustained two unique rear wheel drive chassis forevermore you could see it was unsustainable unless they could come up with something very cunning and what GM seemed to be trying to do was they made Holden their rear wheel drive global centre of excellence it's the same platform the Camaro's on the Camaro's on that and a lot of Camaro development was done down in Australia because it's a shorter chassis but now GM have gone well actually we can't just leave rear wheel drive to the Aussies to 
try and shoulder that whole burden. We need a whole range of Cadillacs that have got to be tip-top and quite sophisticated. I used to run a VXRA, which is a Holden. Sophisticated was not a word I would use. I yeah, bloody yeah. love that car. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, Fabulous yeah. car. Absolutely adore it. One went past me a couple of days ago when I was out walking the dog, and it made a lovely thunderous noise on some aftermarket bikes. <laughs> and, and, I, and I got quite teary-eyed about it. And I was like, oh. Well, it's the same oh, sound that yeah. moves your heart in the Corvettes at Le Mans as well. It's that same engine. Yeah. It's actually deep. You know, they're, they're sort of quite strident, those Corvettes. It's, yeah, yeah. it's still in the base register, but yeah. it's sort of really bassy. A nice it's a definite rumble. I think oh, yeah, Ford yeah, yeah. will benefit from that. You know, I think you know Australians will. Oh boy, at least an Australian Ford bike built round here. Yeah, but will people? It's such a bit. No, that's it. Ford are stopping building cars as well. There's no. only Toyota left. No, and they're wavering. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all imports. Whoa, oh, the future maybe ahead just too, is maybe dark. Just too expensive to build in. So it's just too much to try and unless you can build them there to ship them elsewhere but yeah. where yeah. the nearest place is Japan where they have car factories Tiny coming cars. out these mm. yeah. bottoms and they so, want uh, small cars not the cars with huge suspension travel that you need in Australia yeah. Yeah. well that's it do you know one of the Holden the Commodores of the past was essentially what we'd have known as the Opel or Vauxhall Senator but the original one from the sort of 70s and early 80s Yeah. and they lengthened it Yeah. but they kept it pretty much the same and then they started testing the prototypes in the outback and they basically snapped in half <laughs> So that car ended up being really beefed up because outback yeah. conditions and Aussie road conditions, once you get out of the cities, are almost unique in how punishing they are. Yeah. So, yeah, they build them tough down there. And that's a shame. That's a shame we won't see the likes of that car. A car yeah. which is made bespoke for a very unique and demanding market. It has some real character. Yeah, exactly. The character is it. Yeah. Well, we wave goodbye to Chevy in Europe. We potentially wave goodbye to Holden. We certainly wave goodbye to Holden Manufacturing in Australia. And we welcome lots of exciting new things in the future. Might favourite car I want to see in the future I think that Nissan Blade Glider is the thing I'm most excited about at the moment I don't know if you two have any thoughts on cars that you want to see in the future I mean if we're just counting you know the flying car obviously yeah the that, flying that, car that, that will that happen fantastic. in 2014 oh yeah actually it will no it won't because Weber's not in F1 anymore Richard your hopes for the future in terms of cars anything that tickles your trousers Oh, many things. BMW i8 and the yeah. Porsche 918, the Porsche 919 at Le Mans. Yeah. Yeah. The new Mustang, I mean, is it going to be mm. any good? Do we care? Mm -hmm. Too much to mention off the top of my head. Formula I, E. Formula E is going to be interesting. See mm. how that pans out. Uh, the new F1 cars. Didn't Jensen Button just say that the first race of the season is going to be quote-unquote hilarious? Yes. Because it's the first test of the season. So there's all that to come. Personally, I need to go and get a new car because I've got a baby on the way and I need something more practical I've suddenly realised no, I don't, don't want to put my firstborn son into my <laughs> scabby old jeep and so I'm going to go and get something a bit more modern and, scabby uh, new jeep scabby new jeep <laughs> just get the scab something taken functional. off my jeep me I don't think it's going to happen in 2014 but one of the most exciting bits of car technology promise at the moment is this new carbon composite material that will replace bodywork in cars and act as a battery so it's a combination of polymer battery and supercapacitor, instant charging, but instead of having to carry a stack of batteries around with you, your bodywork does that for you. That's the kind of efficient thinking that I want in my future yeah. cars anyway. And, uh, Just don't lean on it when it's raining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a problem, they haven't thought it through. You've been listening to the Gareth Jones on Speed Seasonal Special with Zog. Goodbye. Your voice held out really well because you were really croaky. Seasonal. Well seasonal. Oh, With Richard Porter. Goodbye. Over in the distance, Violet Berlin V. You typing. 
shouting goodbye from a distance. And from me, Gareth Jones, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, or whatever it is you celebrate at this time of the year. If you're celebrating Easter, uh, you're a bit late on the podcast. Try and catch up a bit more efficiently in future. We will leave you with a song, a bespoke Christmas song for Gareth Jones on Speed, written and performed by the combined talents of the entire team. We'll leave you with Why Did They Make Nigel Mansell Santa Claus? Nadolik Howard. Oh
Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang.